Branding can be scary and entrepreneurs, especially those starting out, make the mistake of putting it off because let's face it, it ain't easy. It's an integral part of your business, but you just can't wrap your head around it. Hiring a designer right now might be out of your reach and you don't even know if you even need a whole rebrand experience anyways. But what you also may not know is that there's plenty you can do on your own. In this first episode of Brand in Progress, I'm sharing five ways you can elevate the look of your brand today without having to hire a designer. These five tips might just be all you need. Let's get started. Welcome to the Brand in Progress podcast, hosted by me, Michelle Sanchez, creative director, strategist, and designer at BearMade, a branding studio helping online services align who they are with who they serve through strategy and design. This podcast is your no BS guide to building a brand with impact, not just fluff and pretty colors. Join me as we navigate the branding process with proven strategies and actionable steps to build a brand that grows and evolves with you. Let's go. Hello, everyone. So excited to be here on the very first episode of Brand in Progress podcast. It's been a long time coming. So here's a little confession. This is my third attempt at launching a podcast. And I've actually launched it. Yes. (laughs) It sounds unreal. I know. Three times. So I think I'll leave that story for another episode. So for the very first episode today, I wanted to keep it 100 and really get into the most basic ways in which non-creative entrepreneurs who maybe are just starting out or just don't have the capacity to hire a designer can uplevel their existing visuals and their existing brand identity that don't require investing in hiring an expert right now. Because sometimes your brand visuals might just need a good once over and some tweaking here and there. Believe me, small changes can make a hell of a difference. So let's dive in. So the first tip, get some trusted eyes other than your own on your visuals. You're looking at the same thing day in and day out. And sometimes a fresh set of eyes can point out things that you've missed or didn't even consider. Start by asking someone to evaluate your current visuals. This can be a business friend, a team member, or even a past client. Actually, ideally a past client. Even just a friend can also give some good feedback. You might be wondering, hey, I have a designer friend. Should I ask them? Unless they're your ideal client, I would probably avoid it for now. Some people might disagree, but hear me out. The point of this exercise is to get a good first impression. Rarely, if ever, you'll get a chance to explain your brand identity to your audience, so visuals can make or break a purchasing decision. A designer might get too technical for you right now and might actually overwhelm you instead. You might end up with a whole list of things that need changing, and that's really not the goal here. So try finding an ideal client that you've worked with in the past to take a look at your brand visuals without knowing what to look for and save your collaboration with a designer for later. Because the best feedback is an initial feeling and a first impression. That's what can give you the insight you need to move forward with the next steps. So how do we do this? Here's some example questions to ask them to keep in mind while they look over. What initial feelings do you get by looking at my website design, slash logo, slash social media graphics, etc.? What makes you uncomfortable? Think about readability, usability, accessibility of the site or design here. Is it clearly communicating what I'm selling and how can I help and how I can help? Is it memorable? What descriptive words come to mind? This will help you list out what needs tweaking on your site or other designs that might be they might be looking at. And it will also help you get specific on what is a priority and what you can change right now and what can really wait for a designer. Number two, keep it simple and remove something before adding more. 
Have you ever heard the saying, less is more? I mean, I feel like we all have. If there's one advice I can give you, it's that. I know for a fact that the best design is the least possible design. And let me explain. It's a common misconception that if something looks effortless, it was easy to do. And that cannot be farther from the truth. When a design is done right, it should look effortless. That's the goal. But the work it took to get there was absolutely not effortless at all. This especially applies to a logo. It's difficult to remember a cramped logo with all kinds of colors and fonts in it. And one that's not readable at all if it has any type in it either. Because a logo should really be three things. Legible, memorable, and uncomplicated. It should represent your brand the quickest and easiest way possible. It's basically a symbol. So remember, do less, but do it better. Concentrate on the fundamental aspects that you want to come through your branding and don't burden yourself with the non-essentials. So how do we do less? First, take a look at your visuals. Take note of all the details that need to be there. Once you decide what is important, consider discarding at least one that isn't. It can apply to other parts of your marketing designs as well, such as your social media graphics, your website, your emails, any kind of templates that you have, your PDFs, all of it. This also leads me into my next tip, getting specific on your color palette and getting intentional. Color is such an important part of your overall branding. There are studies out there that show that brand color influences 80% of your customer's buying decision. I'll link those in the show notes. It can also help them make emotional connections to your brand and really cultivate that brand loyalty. So it wouldn't hurt to familiarize yourself with some color psychology. Learning what colors attract your target can make a difference in how you position yourself and how you choose to sell your products and services. And here's my designer tip on color. It's a good idea to narrow down your palette to five or six colors. More than that can take away from your brand recognition and can confuse people. Using less colors will create a more cohesive brand identity and it will make it easier to remember you. A great color palette is simple, cohesive, and adaptable. Here's some great ways to use color psychology in your visuals outside of the obvious ones like your logo or your website. Using photography that includes these colors. It really ties it to the rest of your visuals, and if you're using stock images, it makes it less obvious that they're actually stock images. And if you have photo shoots, it's a great way to brand your photos by using the colors from your color palette inside your photo shoot. Maybe the clothes you're wearing, the, the flat lay that you take pictures of, any items that you use in your photos, or even the environment, the location. Next, if you offer a few services, having a designated color to each service straight from your existing color palette. It's a great way to brand each service or offer. This is especially true if you're launching a course. So how do we create a color palette that's simple, cohesive, and adaptable? First, make sure to narrow down your color palette to four to six colors that represent your branding best. Try to be intentional with your choices. If you need to, read up on some color psychology. A great blog post from The Brand Stylist is a fantastic resource to learn more about this. And I can link that in the show notes as well. You can also find alternative color palettes or some inspiration using the websites like coolers.co or Adobe Color. Next, keep the specific color hex codes for web and potentially for PMS. So hex codes are specific numbers that are assigned to colors to make sure you have the same one every single time for every part of your branding. PMS really applies to printing, but I'll kind of leave it at that before I get too technical. So this works for when you need to use them, 
And this will ensure consistency throughout your visuals. Number four, limit your font choices. For the non-designer, choosing fonts can be such a daunting task, I know. With practically endless options, it's reasonable to say that it can be intimidating to sift through so many of them without direction or even knowing what you're looking for. There's so many different font foundries out there and different font sites to download all the free fonts. It can get overwhelming. So to make your search as painless as possible, just keep a couple things in mind. Have a general idea of what your style of font has to be and understand how to combine them. Here are some basic tips on choosing fonts. Within two fonts is probably a bad idea. Maybe two to three. Exceptions are few. But if your website, for example, has more than two to three fonts, I invite you to revisit tip number two, keeping it simple. Narrow it down to a header font and a body copy font to make sure that the, and make sure that the body copy font is readable as hell, especially at a small size. Next, keep your choice in context with your content and audience. For example, this means if your audience is an older group, you might want to stay away from some fonts that are scripty and difficult to read. So keep it relevant to that font. If your website is your main platform, stick to web fonts. And this means Google fonts. Your users will have an easier time loading these when they visit your site. And my final tip is create a style guide. If there was just one thing you can do to elevate your brand right now, it's to streamline everything and stay consistent. Following the first four tips above will automatically start to streamline everything. And by intentionally choosing your colors, fonts, images, all of that, it will help. But a style guide puts it all together. You've probably heard of them. Maybe they've been called brand guidelines, brand standards, brand style sheets, brand boards. But essentially, they're all kind of the same thing. It's a document with an overview of how your brand works, and it also sets standards and rules to facilitate how you market your brand and what can and can't be done with your colors and your assets. These standards are derived from the decisions you made initially, how you want your brand to be perceived. So you can think of this as like your roadmap to consistency and brand recognition. So if you don't have a brand style guide right now, that's okay. You can actually make one yourself. You can use Canva or even a Word document. It doesn't really matter. Having a resource you can go to will help you keep things organized and streamlined. After all, consistency is what keeps you from going unnoticed. You can share this document with any contractors you work with, anyone that needs to understand the visuals of your brand. So let's talk about the basic building blocks of a brand style guide. The first thing you need to show is your logo. Add all the instances of your logo, not just your main one. You also want to set some rules on how your logo should be used. So for example, it can't be smaller than two inches on printed material, or it can only be presented in specific colors, etc. Next is color. Remember that color palette we narrowed down on number three? This is where you specify those hex codes. Like I said, hex codes are web color codes, and they're used to display web pages. They're pretty standard. So as an online service, your hex codes of your color palette is really all you need. Next are fonts. Document what fonts you chose and how you're using them. What's your header font? What's your body copy font? What font are you using for subheads and quotes? And maybe add in if it's bold, italicized. Think about that. Next, I would add either whatever photography you're using, examples of photography, stock images, or maybe just a mood. So if you chose a set of images you want to continuously use, add that here. If you don't use photography at all, but you know you might for marketing campaign products, et cetera, in the future, specify the tone and style of the type of photography. 
and maybe add a mood board of a few. Finally, add some supporting graphics. This might include social media, templates, cover photos, illustrations, patterns, or maybe some icons that you've decided to use on your website. So putting it all together is fairly simple. Just open up a program of your choice. This could even be Microsoft Word. It could be Google Docs. It could be Canva. And plug everything in. You can drop in the me- drop them in as images and really no need for any so- fancy software or a fancy design of the style guide itself. Just a simple document explaining what your brand visuals are is really it. The most important thing you can do is stay consistent. Do your best to stick to your style guide, that color palette, those two to three fonts, and your logo. Getting familiar with your brand right now, even if it's a DIY brand identity, will help you invest in a designer when the time comes. But for now, these five tips are going to help you get by. And if you're ready right now, you can always reach out to us at bearmaidstudio.com. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast goodness. For more information on how we can help you design an aligned brand and website, visit bearmaidstudio.com.